Blog Talk Radio. All right, I want to welcome everyone to the Kayak Fishing Raw podcast, and we are back. So uh, we're going through a little transitional period right now. So I've been getting a lot of emails and uh, some text messages asking, you know, where you guys been? You know, it's been uh, probably a a few weeks since we had our last show, since we had uh, Rob Will actually call in, and uh, he won the Sailfish Smackdown. And yeah, we're, we're getting a new studio put together. Uh, Freddie's been doing a lot of work on the side. So uh, just with our schedules and everything that's been going on, uh, we're just trying to fit everything in, get everything ready for the second stage of, uh, of these podcasts and, and really, uh, you know, bringing this podcast to another level. So uh, to all of our fans and all of our listeners, you know, we really appreciate you guys uh, being patient with us as we uh, transition through this period and, uh, you know, with our new studio, it's going to be a killer and you guys will love it. And we'll get back to those YouTube videos. Uh, as for right now, we're still, uh, we're, you know, we're going to do the iTunes, uh, pretty much the podcasting uh, part of this, right? So uh, that's what we're going to stick to for now. And I'm really excited because we have an awesome guest calling in today and he runs South Florida Bass Fishing Charters up in Lake Ida, and his name is Bill Lepre. And Bill has been uh, doing this. He's a Florida native. He's been doing this for, you know, over 30 years. And this guy knows his stuff. to fishing in general. Uh, I called him because if you don't know, now you're about to, we're actually uh, extreme kayak fishing, uh, as in we. We're, we're about to start a whole new venture into the freshwater scene. And we're really excited about that. It's going to be a peacock tournament, exotic tournament, and it's going to be called the Exotic Roundup. And a lot of time and effort has already been put in to this event, and we're really excited for it. Uh, Obviously, there's still a lot of work that has to be done. Uh, there's only so much that I can talk about as of right now. We're trying to add other elements to it and even uh, other fish species uh, like clown knife fish and even, um, you know, a bunch of others. So it's, it's going to be a great event and it's going to be exotics only. We are going to have a surprise trash can slam. That's for sure. And uh, that one's going to be pretty funny and I can't wait to announce it. Actually, Eric, uh, you know, he, Eric Clark, one of our extreme guys, uh, helped with the idea. So uh, we'll post that pretty soon. But yeah, the rules page for that event uh, and the page in general on our website will be up uh, probably within a couple weeks. We have to finalize uh, a couple other other things when it comes to that event. But, uh, you know, back to Bill, that's what had me call him in the first place. I got his number. Uh, from a good friend, Micah, and he said, listen, if you're planning to do an event uh, in Lake Ida, you know, this is, this is the guy to call. Uh, he's been doing it forever. So I called him, and we had a long conversation, a great conversation. And, you know, thinking about it after we got off the phone, I'm like, man, you know, I, I got to get this guy for the show. You know, I want you guys to listen to what he has to say. And, and you know, we, we talked about, uh, obviously, you know, the event and what's going to go into it. And, uh, he appreciated the call. Obviously 
you know, someone like that that does this for a living in that area, you know, they want to make sure that the fish are protected, obviously. So, you know, with, with the event we're doing, and as I posted, it'll be a SummerSlam type event and, and style. So we, we still want to have the show, right? So we're going to make this event sort of like a Bassmaster Classic-esque, uh, where people will uh, keep the fish alive. I'm pretty sure it's going to be uh, one eligible fish, so one eligible peacock per kayak that they'll able to, to bring in. And what we're going to try to do is get the skiffs on the water, which we already got one uh, down for the event. We're trying to get a couple others. Uh, hopefully we can get Bill on board. But uh, with the live wells that they have, we feel confident that they can, you know, an angler can catch a bass, bring his bass to that skiff at that location. Obviously, there'll be checkpoints, right, where these skiffs will be. Uh, the anglers will know about it. They could drop it off at that skiff. We tag it. We put it in the live well, and then we could bring it back to the main well, which will be uh, by the, uh, the location where you guys will launch. And, yes, we are doing a shotgun start, which will be right around the parking area there at Ida. And, uh, obviously, like I said, we still have to get a lot of stuff approved uh, through the city, and we're building a relationship there. And actually, we got Bill calling in right now. So uh, let's let's talk with Bill. Let's hear about his thoughts and ideas. And and uh, yeah, we're, we're we're just really excited about it. We really are. So let's get Bill on right now. Bill, how's it going, hey, brother? Guys. Going really well. How are you? Uh, living the dream, man. Today it's just me. Freddie is uh, he's doing another job right now. We're kind of in a transition phase right now with the podcast. We're trying to move to a bigger studio. So, um, yeah, we're kind of all over the place, but you know, man, after talking with you, you know, I was telling Fred, I got to get Bill on here. We got to talk about this ASAP. Uh, and you know, I thought we had a great conversation and, uh, yeah, man. So I, I really appreciate you calling in the show. I know you're super swamped and busy and you got a lot of charters, but, uh, after looking at your website, man, you guys are, you guys are killing it there, man. Those, those clown knife fish are huge. They are. They are. They're definitely, um, definitely getting bigger too. I think, um, you know, they got, they got beat down a little bit in 2010 with that freeze. Um, right. and they've come back pretty strong and yeah, we caught one last month that was, you know, North of 13 pounds. So that's a big wow. freshwater fish, you know, man. Well, you know, I, first I just want to kind of dive into, you know, you and you know, how long you've been doing this. And, you know, when you and I were talking, we were talking about how you pretty much started off uh, as a saltwater angler and like myself and uh, maybe just dive in a little bit about that and what kind of transitioned you into uh, the Peacock Bass and Lake Ida and, and chartering over there. Yeah. Um, well, I, my uncle and my older brother, who's 15 years older than I am, both um, lived in the Keys at Almorada. My brother had a charter boat at Bud Mary's Marina. And my uncle was a backcountry guide um, down there out of Bud Mary's also. Um, so when I was, I was the youngest of five kids. So when I was like eight or nine years old, my parents started shipping me down there to stay with them for the summers. So um, from when I was pretty young, I was down there riding on any charter boat or drift boat or with my brother or just fishing and, you know, kind of learning the ropes down there in the summers. So I graduated high school. My brother got me a job on a, 53 Hatteras um, that was traveling down to St. Thomas Blue Marlin fishing for nice. three months. 
So that was like, as soon as I got out of high school, I jumped on with those guys, you know, was fortunate, you know, to fish, fish with them for a season down there, released over a hundred blue Marlin my first summer at a high school. So that was a good start. Oh um, man. So right at, right out of school, you're going right for blue Marlin, right off the <laughs> Right at it, right out of high school, <laughs> straight to St. Thomas. Yep. Wow. Um, so yeah, from there I, um, you know, I traveled for a couple, three more years, went to Mexico um, for four years um, to Cancun and uh, Cozumel and did a lot of fishing in the Bahamas and stuff like that. Worked for my brother. He ran a 46-foot Merritt sport fish nice. and um, kind of settled down, had, had some kids, worked on the charter boats down there at the Cove and Deerfield for years. And then at like 25, I got my captain's license and um, ran a 65-foot Hatteras for about five years, then ran a 61-foot Garlington sport fish for almost 10 years. And then yeah. um, when, I, when I turned 40, I, uh, I was getting tired of getting beat up. So I grew up kind of fishing around Lake Ida and the canals in Boca. You know, I grew up in Boca Raton. So uh, I bought a 24-foot Carolina skiff. And the rest is kind of history. Um, you know, I knew a lot of people already in the business and had a lot of contacts in the fishing business. And um, I got a lot of feedback, you know, just kind of fished in there a lot for about a year with friends and captains and mates and stuff like that. And they're like, Bill, you got to do this. This is, right. this is pretty awesome. So from hmm. there, just kind of, you know, kind of kind of, just took off from there, you know, um, did a couple of fishing shows and kind of got my social media stuff going. And, um, you know, I have a great base of just repeat customers now, which is, you know, awesome. So, sure. yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a pretty fun job. And it's a lot easier than beating yourself to death in the ocean, you know. Oh, of course, miles. man. <laughs> of course. I mean, so. listen, I'm from New Jersey. We, we would go to the canyons, uh, you know, with my dad's old Egg Harbor. And, you know, we would, we would shoot out 100 miles and get, you know, the crap beaten out of us, man. And, you know, oh, we come imagine. back with two, yeah, two like medium-sized bluefin tuna. You know, that's great. But still, you know, after a while, even when I was in college coming back, you know, I was going back and forth from Florida to here. I'm like, man, you know, this is not really that fun anymore, you know? <laughs> and, that's, uh, that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Especially living here in South Florida, because, you know, you, you go out right here a mile and you're catching, you know, nice black fin and mahi and all that. So um, I definitely feel you there. What what sparked your interest, though, like uh, right off the bat when it came to, you know, transitioning from the offshore to the to the basically to chartering for peacocks and all that? Like what was the back then? Like what what year was this around? Was this kind of in the in the newer phase of. The clown knives and yeah, the peacocks? like 2000, I caught my first clown knife fish. Just um, we had a flats boat on the bow of the Hatteras that I ran. So I used to take it off of there and trailer it over to Lake Ida in the 90s. And I, I believe it wow. was like ni- 1998, I caught my first one in there and I had no idea what it was. I, like my buddy, <laughs> my mate, and I were on the flats boat and we caught this thing and I didn't even want to touch it. I had no idea what it was. I'm like, <laughs> I don't so, I don't know. I think I had like a flip phone. I might have had a camera on it. I might have sent a picture to my wife and she looked it up and said it's a clown knife fish. I was like, well, that's cool. I didn't really give it much more thought. Um, didn't fish in there a lot, like in the early uh, mid 2000s and on. And um, just like, uh, you know, I got that skiff. Um, I bought it from a friend of mine. It was almost brand new and I was still running a big boat and I started really, you know, fishing in there quite a bit like in the afternoons dropping it in looking around figuring it out 
And I right. kind of realized right off the bat that those knife fish had a lot of game fish value. Um, oh, of course. So, yeah. you know, they jump and they're, you know, they're hard to catch. They're like tarpon, they roll. So I kind of just really concentrated on dialing them in. I mean, the peacocks are, you know, they're, they're a little more aggressive. I mean, they're, a, you know, they're, they're, they're a little easier to catch. <laughs> you know what I mean? When they're yeah. biting, yeah. it's on. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're, uh, they're aggressive. They eat just about everything. So I really kind of like, uh, I kind of promoted my business around those knife fish, you know. Right. Um, because the peacocks are going to come either way. You know, the knife fish, that's not something you're going to catch every day. So, um, you know, yeah, I really, I really just, you know, I knew that they had some game fish value right away and nobody was really, you know, um, concentrating on them. And so I just, you know, I just fished hard for them, you know, for like a year. I didn't take a charter until I'd fished in there. I don't know. 2013, 14, I probably fished 300 days in there with by myself or with, you know, a friend or whatever, and just really ran around everywhere, figured out right. the situation, got kind of everything fine-tuned. And then, uh, you know, like I said, the rest is kind of history, <laughs> you know? Man, you know what's amazing to me? I, I never knew those clown knives. I mean, you, you're talking late 90s. You know, I mean, when do you think those those fish were actually introduced? I mean, or do you think it was just kind of I, always a thing? I think it was. I think it was a slow thing. Eventually, enough of them were released in there that uh, you know, over the years, I, I think I've heard reports of them being caught in there, like in the early to mid '90s, is when they started okay. to kind of pop up. So right. I think it's just, and I know that like during the hurricanes of 2004 and five, when everyone lost power, like Wilma, Jean, Francis, and all that. I think a lot yeah. of fish tanks got dumped in there, you know, with people not having power. You know, that makes so, sense, think- especially because, like, Pet Supermarket, for instance, I, I'm pretty sure right around that time was when those Pet Supermarkets were popping up as well. And right. the Pet Supermarkets, uh, I don't know if you know, I'm sure you know, they, they sell those clown knife fish uh, sure in their do. tanks. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I could yeah, definitely – raising them you know and they get huge and releasing them and like you said power goes out you dump your tank you know now you now you're growing a population but it's amazing to me that uh how quickly you know really that these fish have have because you're saying now i mean they're pretty much they swim in big schools now correct yeah i mean i i had a two-day charter back to back in october we caught 44 in two days so oh my god um like you know probably had double that many bites too so, yeah, I mean, it's, there's, there's a lot of them in there. I mean, you know, wow. there's, there's a ton of them. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I mean, we were also talking about, uh, you know, I, I called you in the first place, obviously, because we, we were planning on doing a, uh, a peacock event, uh, the exotic roundup um, for extreme kayak fishing. And, you know, I've been a saltwater guy for years and, you know, you and I were talking about it. And obviously, you know, the first thing is, you know, we, we don't, you know, when we, when we do this event, we don't want to kill any fish. We definitely want to promote it like that. I, I run a sailfish event, you know, pretty much the same kind of way, you know, you want to release these fish, you don't want them to be harmed. Um, and you and I were talking about the live well situation and you were saying that the clown knife fish actually are a little more hardier, right? in in uh yeah, the live wells you the, think the, and the peacocks the clowns the clowns do better than the peacocks in live wells because you know they they breathe air so as long as they they're not stuck in something where they're submerged and can't right. breathe you know um like if you know if you have one and you're transporting it you basically have to like pick it up out of the water once in a while to let it get a breath 
You know, they can't, they can't be, they can't just stay underwater, you know, indefinitely. They have to breathe right. and be in air. Interesting. So, um, and the peacocks just, yeah, they get bruised up because they get so, um, you know, a largemouth bass, you put it in your live well, it just kind of lays there. You know, a peacock bass will just bang its head into the sides and, you know, they, they do, it does a lot of damage to the fish, you know. Sure. It just sure. does. Um, they're just too, they're too spastic, <laughs> you know. Right. So I've not, I never had much luck with them in a live well, but um, yeah, the, the nice fish, as long as, you know, they're in a big enough container where, you, you know, they can, you can get them up to breathe. They're fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See that. And that's something I never knew. I, I thought it was the opposite. I thought cloud knives were kind of, you know, I, I don't know why I think like kind of like an eel with them where they just kind of swim all over the place backwards and quick. And I thought they'd be the ones to kind of beat themselves up. But, uh, you know, I didn't even think about them breathing air, actually. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. They breathe air just like tarpon. They look just like wow. tarpon when they roll. Same yeah. Way. So they are just like tarpon, basically. I mean, just kind of weird. Essentially, I mean, they have a, you know, they have that elongated eel-like body and a kind of a small head for their profile. It's almost like a head of a trout or something you know they're 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 odd um but yeah they definitely definitely breathe air you know i watch them i watch them doing it all day you know wow that's that's amazing man you know especially you know what's really amazing is seeing the the growth in the quote-unquote basically sport of the exotic fishing here in south florida um you know even when i moved here for college in the mid-2000s you know i've seen it you know, grow more and more and more, especially in the kayak world where I've been doing these tournaments now since 2010. And now I'm seeing, you know, like deep blue kayak fishing, like all these kayak charters, uh, even in Lake Ida that are doing these exotic charters. And there's people coming. I mean, man, from all over the place, kind of like with our event. I mean, there's people coming from South Africa that are coming here to fish for peacock bass. And, you know, that that to me is just... It's amazing. It really is. I mean, you, I'm sure you get a lot of people from out of state, right? That come for your charters. I get I get tons of people. I get people from I've had people from Germany <laughs> come here wow. to do it. I mean, it's yeah, it's um, it's kind of an interla- internationally known thing in the angling community. You know, if guys are watching YouTube and they're you know paying attention, that it's you know it's kind of a bucket list fish. You know, these these peacocks sure. and clowns for sure. You know, and, and, you know, that's what gave me the idea, because, you know, as we talked about on the phone, when we had our selfish tournament this year, uh, day one, it was too windy. So we had to cancel day one, but we still had day two. So we had all these out of towners that came here from the Carolinas, from California, pretty much from all over. And they were like, you know, what are we going to do? So a lot of them, you know, obviously saw the posts and the stuff and Facebook, social media, and they're like, you know, let's catch, let's catch some peacocks, man. That's, that's a bucket list fish for us too. And I'm telling you what, sure. man, almost everybody that, that entered my tournament ended up going peacock bass fishing uh, on day one. And, and that's what really like gave me the idea, like, wow, you know, like these guys that come and fish this event, they'll come and fish, you know, a freshwater peacock event, I would think, or an exotic fish event the same way they would for a sailfish event. Um, sure. and, and it just, it, yeah. And it just, it was really shocking. And I, you and know, I was telling you, know, you freshwater I, I think, lends it, you know, it lends itself to freshwater fishing pretty well too, because like you said, you don't have the, you know, the weather restrictions, you know, oh, yeah. it's like ocean yeah. fishing. I mean, it's just, it never fails either. If you plan an event, it's going to blow. You know? right. I mean, that's, just, <laughs> that's just the way it is. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's something that you can do kind of rain or shine, windy, calm, whatever. I mean, it definitely, 
you know, it's going to go, you know, it's going to go on unless there's a hurricane or just something unforeseen natural disaster, you know? Right. Exactly. And, you know, I just, I think that, you know, the, the future, the potential of an event like this, I think could be, could be great for the sport in general, you know, to, to kind of showcase, because I don't really see it that much, you know, where, you know, you have a, that huge stage, that Bassmaster classic kind of feel, but now with, these exotic species and you know if it's done the right way and it's done by the book and you know right now we've been working with the city and everything and the in the park um you know if it's done right i i think it could definitely be something that uh people from around the country could could enjoy and um i don't know i mean what, what's your thoughts on that if it's done right like what do you what do you think the potential is for it um you know i mean i'm not completely i don't exactly have my finger on the pulse of the kayak fishing community like you do but um you know delray beach and you know i mean there's other venues you know blue lake and uh down there miami and you know there's there's you know it's i think i I think you'd get a big response i see a lot of kayak fishermen in my kayak i mean every day you know right Um, and and you know it's it's not complicated fishing it's it's a little bit simpler than trying to gear up and go offshore and keep goggle eyes in a kayak or whatever you guys have to do i mean i can imagine oh yeah you know or you know you could have a couple of categories you could have a live bait and you know lure category i mean you know there's peacocks and and clowns eat both um live baits obviously more effective but uh sure you know absolutely i could see they're probably generating a lot of interest you know delray is a beautiful town i mean it's you know great place um right and you know lake Ida and osborne is big i mean it's a big area right Um, right you know it's 35 40 miles long with all the canals and lakes and all that stuff you know go a long way and um you know it's uh it's something where everybody will probably catch some fish or at least most people would you know you could go offshore on a slow day and get skunked with you know a three million dollar sport fish boat and the best fisherman right. in the world sometimes they're just not there you know exactly yeah um, yeah that so was yeah, like our definitely. selfish event yeah yeah I, and you yeah, know what's really biting, not biting yeah exactly but the thing with me though is is the more i talk to you the more i think about this clown knife situation too is like you know, I, I think that might be an awesome division, you know, or, or, or something, you know, we can, that we can add to it. Um, obviously, you know, the same way I, I mean, we were talking about the skiffs and I mean, what do you, what do you feel about having those checkpoints with skiffs, you know, with their live wells that can maybe assist and help out on bringing these fish to the main holding well, you know, that'll be like a, you know, 500 to a thousand gallons. Um, I mean, what do you, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, it's definitely a possibility, uh, you know, I don't know. It would be, it might be difficult to find enough of them. I mean, or you sure. probably would at least need a few and, you know, right. fishing, if everyone's launching it at the same place, everyone's going to be probably fishing within the same five or five mile, however far you guys are willing to stroke this. Thing. Right. I don't know. Um, yeah. But, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, you could do something like that. I mean, I understand that, you know, the, the exciting part of any kind of freshwater tournament is the weigh-in. I mean, that's, you know, that's the, the show. That's like the, yeah. that's the show. Yeah, for sure. Right. So, right. yeah, I mean, I, that could be, that could be a possibility if you could find enough boats to do it, you know? Okay, cool. Well, man, like I said, I, I appreciate your assistance with this and, and taking my calls and all that, because 
you know, in the beginning, I, I, you know, I was like, man, I got to talk to somebody there. And one of my buddies, Micah, uh, he mentioned you. So I don't know if you know him, but, um, but yeah, he was, he was the guy that pointed me in your direction. And um, uh, to switch gears a little bit, though, let's talk about those Blue Marlin for a second. Because that <laughs> okay. is awesome, man. So, like, when you got into that right out of school, how, how did that work for you? Like, what was, like, could you just go through, like, a typical day doing that? I, I just got to know. Yeah. Like, we would, uh, well, we'd get up. The captain I worked for was, like, always had to be the first one out there on the edge. So, it was about a 20-mile run from St. Thomas up to North Drop. And we had a slow boat, so we had to leave, like, an hour and a half earlier than everyone else to make sure we were the first ones <laughs> up the edge. But yeah, we would, uh, the night before we'd brine, you know, brine our Spanish mackerel at that time we were, you know, still popular I and mean, we were pitch bait fishing, you know, teasing fish with lures and uh, sure. pitching mackerel and values, uh, squid, mullet, whatever, you know, we were in the mood to rig, but um, yeah, we'd head out there. We'd get out there as the sun was coming up, like at seven and um, basically, my captain, it was like, you know, we would we would probably, you know, we would reel them up when the sun was almost completely gone <laughs> until you could not wow. see the flatline lures anymore. But um, wow. so we caught a lot of fish. I mean, he was dedicated. He wasn't he wasn't kidding around. I mean, he was uh, he was a, he was a hardcore captain. And, you know, we caught nine. We released nine blue marlin one day, which at the time that tied the record for St. Thomas. Um <sighs> And uh, we fought a lot of fish on stand-up, you know, um, mostly all just stand-up tackle, you know, 80 wides. Right. And, uh, yeah, it was exciting. I mean, the bites, you, teaser bites you get, you know, um, pitching these fish was, you know, insane. You know, to insane. Drop, to, like, watch a four or 500-pound blue marlin eat a mackerel in the prop wash 30, 20 feet behind <laughs> the boat, you know, it was pretty exhilarating. You know, pretty hard to, pretty hard to like, match that in any fishery, you know. You know what, man? I billfish in general, to me, I mean, this is just personally to me. I, I feel that they're the most like majestic. Uh, I feel that if you're a true fisherman, you you have to catch one in your life, whether it's a sail, a marlin, whatever, maybe a small white marlin. You know, so be it. But I feel like if you're an angler, you have to catch a billfish at least once in your life. I mean, it's absolutely to me. I would agree, and I think catching them trolling is is the most exciting. I mean, it just Live baiting, it's kind of like, oh, there he is, ping, okay, got him on. Like, actually trolling, you have the fish in the spread for so right. much longer, and you can see bites closer, and you really get the fish fired up, teaser fishing like that, and it's uh, it's the colors that they turn, and you get to really, you know, and you, and you get to, it's like really catching the fish. You bait them, you know, you feed them, and it's all close up and personal, and it's, you know, it's there's nothing, there's nothing more exciting that I've ever experience in fishing than pitch baiting a blue marlin that's like number man. one you know pitch baiting a blue marlin oh mm-hmm. man yeah what's the biggest it's, one you guys pretty, got well the biggest blue marlin i caught was actually in the bahamas um was in rum k um in 2007 we caught one that we estimated at 800 oh and uh, that was also a bridge teaser bite, and that was yeah, it was pretty insane. Yeah, it was it was a huge fish. I mean, in St. Thomas, I think the biggest one we ever caught down there was like six fifty. But uh, we caught a lot of threes and fours, and those are like the toughest fish. They're like teenage fish. They're they're green, so right? strong, and the, yeah, they're just they're just unbelievably strong. You know. Oh, man, we uh, yeah, we had our Bahamas tournament. Blue marlin and like wiring a blue marlin are like the two like 
you know, most exciting things to me, like in fishing. Yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. I mean, we had a, um, we had our Bahamas events for years and we had a guy, uh, who actually fishes Lake Ida now as a charter guy catching uh, peacocks there. And he was competing in the event and he fought a, we, we landed a white Marlin in that tournament, but this guy hooked into a blue Marlin and we had the help boats on him and everything. He couldn't land it in time uh, for the event, you know, because he, he was fighting it on such a small rod. There was no way that, you know, eventually he had to just, you know, the fish had to come off because he would have just suffocated. But um, this fish was estimated at like 500 pounds, man. And he's fishing, he's fighting oh, yeah, it on the kayak. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, like like 13, 13 hours, Bill. Thirteen hours. Oh my God, it's insane. That- That's and you're not even fighting it at that point. You're just towing you around the ocean until it That's dies. It. Right. Yeah, that's it. There's nothing you can do. I mean, it's it not that hard to pull a kayak through the water. I mean, it's just like there's just no way. <laughs> and you that's, would think, like from the nice. weight of the guy and the kayak itself, you know, of towing that. But this yeah. thing wasn't even getting tired, Bill. It, it was just he was just no. going. He was in Freeport. He hooked this thing in Port Lakaya. And he was almost a free port. Wow, crazy. that's like 15 miles. <laughs> yeah. That's a long way. Oh we lost God. radio contact with the boat, so we had to send another boat out there to get them. I mean, that's, that's how far this, this fish towed him. It was unbelievable. That's, in, that's, that's incredible. That's absolutely right. incredible. Yeah, it was no, nuts. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. That's nuts. That's totally over-the-top nuts. <laughs> And and to switch gears again, back to Lake Ida, though. I know we're going back and forth, guys, from uh, Marlin to Peacocks. But um, so with Lake Ida, though, what other species of fish do you target in there other than the Peacocks and the Clown Knives? And then, um, you know, what's going on with the bait situation there as well? Um, Well, the um, largemouth bass, of course, are always, you know, they're they're more bycatch just because my customers are – pretty zeroed in on the peacocks and clowns. Sure. But we do catch some nice largemouth. You know, we've caught a few this year over seven pounds, which are, you know, fun. Wow, fun nice. A lot of, you know, there's a lot of two- and three-pound largemouths in the whole chain in Lake Ida. Um, we have Mayan cichlids, um, a couple species of catfish, like channel catfish and brown bullhead catfish. Um, gar, there's definitely a lot of gar in there. Like there is in pretty much every freshwater body of right. freshwater in Florida. Um, and that's that's mainly about it. You know, there's tilapia. There's a lot of tilapia in there, but they're hard to catch. They don't really eat anything but, like, bread and, like, frozen peas, which I don't normally have either of them <laughs> on my boat. Right. But, uh, and uh, yeah, that's that's really mainly it. And as far as the bait situation goes, I mean, there's there's shad in, um, in all the lakes in Lake Ida. That's the natural occurring bait. They're very difficult to keep alive. Um, yeah. really tough. Uh, most people that come in there will just buy domestic shiners, and okay. they're 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 fine. They work well. Um, you know, you just need a really big live well to keep shad alive. You know, you need something okay. in the fifty fifty gallon and up. Uh, really range to any number of them. Yeah. Why Why um, is that though? Why are they so hard to keep alive? Because they just put off so much ammonia. Like okay. uh, you're from New Jersey, so you're familiar with like Menhaden or Bunker. Oh yeah, you know how yep. soft they are, and yes. how hard they are to keep alive. It's similar, mm-hmm. like 
like shad are very similar. They look like them and they have the same kind of soft scales and they're just really fragile, you know? Right. Um, the shiners, but they're are, great bait, you know, they are great baits. They are, they absolutely are. And they're hard to catch, <laughs> you know, right. so, you have to cast at them, right? That, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's the only way to catch them. They don't need to be key rigs. They don't do any of that. So it's all cast netting. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. But there's, there's lots of, we also have mud minnows in there, which are like killifish that are on the sand. Really? Those make those are good bait too. Yep. Yep. They're really Killies. good bait. You just Bill, I haven't yep. heard that term since I was a kid in New Jersey, my friend. Fishing for fluke. Yep. Wow. Seminal Killy. Seminal killifish. I love it. Called. Yeah. And they're like uh yeah, they're just like a big minnow, you know, good size. Right. Good size, like a big bullhead minnow, um, and they they work well too. And a lot of guys use those; they're a little easier to catch. They're right on the sand, and you throw a little net on them. You don't need any kind of special. They can live in a bucket with no aerator in it for days. You know, oh, perfect. very hardy. Yeah, cool. So yeah, and what about snakeheads? There's some snakeheads in there. Um, honestly, I've never caught one in there, but I see them. Really. Um, yeah, they're kind of those skinny back canals that my boat can't get into. I mean, I've got a big boat. A lot of times they like those really heavily weeded, shallow kind of side canals. Right. Um, but I'm seeing more and more. I've definitely seen more in the last year than I saw combined the first four years I was in there all the time, you know? So they're, they're, okay. they're coming, you know? Um, I'm not. I'm not particularly concerned about them. I mean, I, I have a lot of places where I catch snakeheads from land, and, you know, I catch bass and peacocks and everything right along with them. I mean, they all kind of – I think they all kind of eat each other, <laughs> you know? I, I, I agree. It's exotic, <laughs> exotic fish are here to stay, you know? It's like you know, I, I don't – you know, they're not going anywhere. I'm not going to get rid of them. It's like, you know, I, I, right. snakeheads I know – FWCs, you know, everyone's oh, you got to kill them, you got to kill them. Well, you can kill them all you want. They're they're here. They're not right. You're not going to get rid of them at this point. No No way. Never. Never. Mm -hmm. No. Now I can see like Lake Okeechobee or something like that. It's like so dependent on you know bass fishing tournaments and attracting you know bass anglers and all that stuff. That you know they don't want to get exotic fish in there, but Lake Okeechobee gets too cold. I think for a lot of these things, like peacocks can't live in there. It's too cold. Right. Lake Ida is the furthest north in Florida on the East Coast that you catch peacocks. So, now, you were saying, though, there was a, what was that, a couple of years ago? It was, a, it was a really bad winter for them, right? Last, not this past February, but the February before, yeah, I would say probably 80, 90% of them died in Lake Osborne. And then by oh, Osborne, 40%. 30 to 40 percent because just that 15 miles makes a big difference once the water temperatures get below 60 they start dying so right every every winter it's like keep your fingers crossed that it doesn't you know and this january was very cold but the water temperature never got below 60 it got down to about 63 64 okay so the peacocks don't eat i mean you don't catch them hardly at all because they just go and lay on the bottom but uh right but it and then they're also spraying right you said they're spraying yeah, that, that, that they, crap, uh, whatever it is. Yeah, there's a lot of spraying going on. I haven't seen much this winter, but the weed doesn't grow too too much in the winter. It's in the summer and spring when they start, you know, just dumping 
all kinds of spray everywhere. I mean, it's just, oh. you know, and last year, I think they just overdid it. You know, a lot, of, I mean, they kind of killed everything. A lot of the weed was gone, but I'm starting to see it grow back now. So we'll see, you know, maybe Man. all the screaming and hollering and, you know, everybody writing, you know, um, our senators and governors and writing FWC is, you know, going to start because, you know, the guys in Okeechobee are screaming about it too. So, which they should. I mean, you're, you're spraying poison yeah. into the water system. I mean, I know, I know. It's you know, and, smart. And I think, you know, if it's done, you know, if it's done responsibly, I I don't think it's as big of a deal. But you know, these guys that are contracted for ten dollars an hour to sit on the front of the boat just to get rid of this stuff is like insane. <laughs> you know, right. and you they're just like, spraying it gung ho, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, just both barrels. Yep, going out. Oh. So. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame. I, you know, you've you got to have some type of plant life and, you know, to support any ecosystem. You don't have any grass. You're not going to have any fish. That's the bottom of course, line. Of you, you know? Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Hiding places, you know, for the young fish. And, um, yeah, it's essential. I mean, it's, you know, pretty, it's pretty obvious that, you know, killing it all is not, not the way to go. No, I agree a hundred percent, man. Well, you know, it's good. We didn't, uh, we didn't have too cold of a winter, at least so far. I think we're pretty much out of the woods for that. Now I, I springs in the air and, um, we got our, our season coming up with a couple of our offshore events in June and August. Uh, hopefully bill, we can get you over to one of those events just to hang out and uh, kind of see what we do. And, uh, you know, I'd love to hang out with you in person at one of those and, um, yeah, man, I, I really appreciate you calling in the show and it's always good to talk to you. And, uh, man, the, the, the blue Marlin, uh, you got me, uh, itching for <laughs> watching, uh, YouTube videos now on Marlin. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, man, it was my talking to you and, uh, I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on. And, um, like I said, let me know, let me know when your events are. I'd love to swing in and say hi. That'd be great. Yeah, definitely. June 22nd, uh, right at Pompano Pier. That'll be uh, our first Summer Slam. So hopefully, um, you know, I'll, I'll talk to you before then. And uh, hey, man, if, if people want to book a charter with you, uh, where do they go and, and how can they contact you? Sure. Um, it's SouthFloridaBassCharters.com is my website, and they can email me straight through the website. And that gets to me, and that's kind of how we get the ball rolling. And I have an Instagram page, which is also South Florida Bass Charters. And also a Facebook page by the same name. So you can contact me on either of those two social media um, sites through direct message or um, uh, anytime. I'm usually pretty good at responding. Or, you know, even if somebody has a question, you know, feel free to ask me um, through either of those platforms, too. I'm more than willing to help out fellow anglers when I can. Perfect, Bill. Well, listen, man, I really appreciate it. And, you know, I'll talk to you definitely before these summer events and uh, I'll see you soon. All right, brother. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Take care. All right. See you, Bill. Bye-bye. All right, guys. Well, you know, that was, uh, that was Bill Lepree and he is the man. I mean, from Marlin to Peacocks, that's, that's pretty much it. So, uh, definitely. Like he said, you can find him. He's got a killer Instagram page with a bunch of followers and he's got some awesome photos, uh, South Florida bass charters. And, uh, you can find him right there on Instagram and he kills it, man. And you know, what, what really gets me excited is the clown knife fish that he's talking about. So I think we're going to definitely work on a division with the clown knives. I think that would be awesome. I mean, what do you think about a 
Global Fish Mounts Clown Nightfish Mount Trophy. How awesome would that be? Oh, just got goosebumps. All right, guys. Well, listen, we're going to end this sucker. Like I said, we're in kind of a transition page with the podcast, so I appreciate your patience. And uh, we got the Summer Slam coming up June 22nd. You can go to ExtremeKayakFishing.com. That's my website, and check it out. Uh, you can also register right now uh, for both events or single events. And soon enough, we will have the exotic roundup uh, on the website. Um, you know, like I said, we're trying to get the ball rolling with that. We're getting everything in line. We have been getting sponsors. We actually uh, just recently picked up uh, Yak Gear with that, which we're really excited about. And uh, I've also been working with Bill with Worldwide Survival Systems. And uh, you could check that out on Facebook right now. We're also kind of building that up. It's pretty new. There'll be a lot more on that coming soon. We'll actually talk about uh, Worldwide Survival Systems on the next podcast because Bill is actually going to call in. And we're going to talk about a topic that I feel needs to be talked about. And it's going to be about... Pro staff. That's right. Pro staff. So we'll talk about that. And I think it'll be a healthy debate. Hopefully. We're also going to have my buddy Micah call in. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have a bunch of guys talk about it. We'll have a nice debate. We might even make that show live. I'll think about it. Uh, we'll see. We'll see once we get a little closer. We'll see where Fred's at. We got to get Freddie back. And, uh, yeah. So we love you guys. We'll talk to you soon, and uh, see you around. This has been the Kayak Fishing Vlog Podcast. It's the swimming with bow-legged women. <laughs>